0: Welcome to the Open to Hope show. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my daughter and co-host. Dr. Heidi Horsley. Well, Heidi, we're gonna be talking about something. I know that so many of our audience are wondering how to talk to their kids about a death when they've had a death in the family. And we're gonna talk about using fiction to help your children talk about death. So we have a wonderful writer on today who went to Columbia, Heidi, and you're teaching in Columbia. So uh, that's a nice connection. Would you like to introduce her?
1: Sure, I'd love to. So we're talking today with Jessica Vitalis. As you said, mom, she graduated from Columbia. She was in the School of Business, so she has her MBA. She was named a 2021 Canada Council of the Arts Grant recipient, and she is the author of The Wolf's Curse and The Rabbit's Gift. Welcome to the show, Jessica.
0: Thank you so much for having me. It's great to have you on the show today. Well, the biggest concern for parents and and family members certainly is how do you talk to people about grief and loss?
2: The Wolf's Curse is actually a twist on Grim Reaper mythology. So it's written for middle grade readers which is generally the 8 to 12 or 13 year old age range and it features an invisible great white wolf who is looking for somebody to take her job but the only person who can see her is a young boy named Gage. Now Gage has been cursed and he spent most of his life in hiding because the villagers think that he's a witch that they call a voyant. and Gage ends up seeing the great white wolf steal his beloved grandpapa's soul and he vows revenge. But then he joins forces with an orphan, and they end up on a life changing journey that reveals really
0: surprising truths about death and the wolf. Mm-hmm. So, first of all, you're writing for these preteens. What about preteens? What, I mean, how do you approach them about a topic of grief and loss?
2: That's a great question. I think. In our society, we have this sort of ideal that childhood should be this innocent time that's sort of free of the burdens of adulthood. Certainly if they haven't already dealt with death, they will at some point in their life. So the thing is kids are really resilient and the sooner you can start talking to them about traumas that they might encounter in life, I think the more chance there is for them to be able to process it and know how to handle it when it arrives. And the more honest we are with them about it, I think the easier these topics are, especially when they're experiencing it. Because like I said, kids are tremendously resilient and the worst thing we can do is to try to just shut everything under the carpet and pretend that it's not there. So my approach in writing this book was to just be really straightforward But also the beauty of writing fantasy is that you're using allegory. So it kind of removes the immediacy of dealing with death. Instead of writing about a funeral, I was able to write about a release ceremony, which is this fantastical ceremony that involves mirrors and feathers. So you start to be able to let kids have a little bit of fun, almost, dealing with really heavy topics. And that opens the door, I think, to conversations that really help with the hope and the healing that you're looking for.
0: Mm -hmm. I know, uh, I think books are so important for children of any age on the grief and loss area, don't you, Heidi? You no,
2: know, it stimulates a lot of conversation. Once I decided to write middle grade, my early losses helped me realize that children really needed books that handled death and tackled death really honestly and didn't sugarcoat it because my early losses were not handled very well by the adults in my life. And that gave me a feeling that death was something very, very frightening and something that I didn't understand. So my goal in writing this book was to offer children a way to start their arms around something that's so big and so complicated. And I think um, the other goal that I had in writing this book is to find a way to do it in a way that sort of transcended culture and transcended religion and different spiritual beliefs so that you can talk to your kids using this literature, no matter what your particular culture and spiritual beliefs are. You can talk about what happens in the book. It's obviously fiction and fantasy, and you can talk about how that might be different or the same from your beliefs and help children start to have a more personal relationship with the process of death and afterlife and grief and healing.
0: You know, um, you talk about um, the grandfather died and your grandfather died when Correct. you were a young child. You know, you've got to be able to find that, dig somewhere to find that. What happened with your when your grandfather died? So when my grandfather died, I was
2: flown down to the funeral. It was only I believe four, three and a half or four when it happened. And I didn't live in the same state as my grandfather. So he wasn't someone I knew really well. But my memories of him were being bounced on his knee and he would teach me to count to 10 in Spanish. And they were very happy memories of this vibrant, loving man who loved me and laughed. And when I went to the wake, I saw him in the coffin up at the front. And that was terrifying to me. He wasn't breathing. He had makeup on. He didn't look like the man that I knew. And as a child, I had no way to process that. And I didn't have adults in my life who were talking to me about what all of this meant. And so one of the adults in my life picked me up and insisted that I touch my grandfather. And I know that in her heart, she thought that would help me come to terms with the fact that this was the grandfather I knew and loved. But to me, That was not something that felt comfortable, and I was crying and screaming, and it just really solidified for me that death was something terrifying. I very much wanted to write a story that would help kids start to understand that death doesn't have to be something frightening, that it's a natural part of life, and no matter how dark and how frightening it is,
0: there is room for hope and for healing on the other side. And you took care of your children's grandfather in hospice.
2: Yes, that was a much different experience. And I think that's what helps me arrive at this place of peace with the experience of death and the afterlife, because I had a completely different experience where I provided my father-in-law hospice care, and he was a beautiful soul who accepted the process of his illness. He, He died of cancer and passing with such tremendous grace and so much courage. And it just allowed me to think through my previous notions about death and how to manage grief and what it all meant. And so that was part of what I wanted to access in this story was that feeling that it doesn't have to be something terrible. There are a lot of different faucets to death and grief, and it can leave you filled with hope and healing.
1: It sounds like you healed yourself by helping your children's grandfather through the hospice situation, I'm, I'm thinking. When you walk, were with him and he was dying, you saw it in a different way.
2: Yeah, it became very human. And I saw his spirit. It wasn't just something that I couldn't understand. It wasn't one minute somebody's alive and the next minute they're not. And I have no way to process this. It was, a, it was very much a journey of watching him come to terms with his own humanity and also extend me the grace of when you're caring for somebody you are constantly questioning if you're making the right decisions. Are you pushing things? Are you being respectful? And so this process of of him explaining to me that he was coming to terms with the next steps in his his journey as a human was very, very healing for me and allowed me to see death in a completely different light.
1: Given that you had bad experiences as a kid, what are the do's and don'ts for parents out there and helping kids deal with death? I think don't
2: try to sweep it under the carpet. Don't try to force something on them that they're not ready for, sort of follow their cues. And when they start asking questions, really try to answer them in the best way you know how, and it's okay if you don't have the answers. But be honest with them about that. If, if there's something that you don't know or you don't understand, I think it's really important to have that conversation with them and um, to explore that together about what the different possibilities are and what death and the afterlife can look like and what you do and don't believe. Mm-hmm.
1: And, and how could it, you know, that situation of you being forced to touch your grandfather mm-hmm. and, and being so upset, I can just visualize that. And it sounds horrible as a little child. How would you suggest that it's been handled? What would you suggest? would be a positive way to handle something like that.
2: I think the adult in my life could have very gently explained to me that it was my grandfather, but then seeing that I was scared, they could have asked me if I wanted to remain in the back of the room, they could have asked me if I would be more comfortable stepping outside, they could have given me some time and space to process it, because it's possible that as I had as, as I sat there and made peace with this moment, maybe at some point I would have been ready to approach my grandfather and say goodbye in my own time and in my own way. Mm-hmm.
0: And you were telling us earlier that your father died before you were born, Mm -hmm. so there is some uh, mysterious Mm -hmm. legacy connected with all of that, also, that I would assume probably appears in this book.
2: Yeah, I think... When you've lost somebody that close to you, I grew up with this experience of my mother and my grandmother mourning this person that they expected me to mourn. And it's really hard to know how to mourn somebody that you know should be important to you that you don't necessarily feel an emotional connection to. So all of those things certainly went into this story. Ultimately, it's really a story about finding hope through family and through community, because I think at the end of the day, that is the best way to heal and move forward from grief.
0: Well, it sounds like a wonderful book. And also, um, I know a lot of the people that we um, have come into contact with find hope and healing through writing. So tell us how can people can find you and get a Copy of your book and, and the rabbit's gift. The
2: rabbit's gift is sort of the exact opposite. This story is about it's set in a village where they believe that babies are grown in cabbage like plants called shoe and delivered by rabbits. So it's sort of, I explore death and grief and loss in the first book. And the second book is exploring life and community and family. My books are available everywhere books are sold. So you can find it on Amazon. I always encourage people to shop at your local indie bookstores if you can. And you can find me at www.jessicavitalis.com as well as on Twitter and Instagram.
0: Great. Well, thank you so much for being on our show today. Really appreciate it. And congratulations on your writing.
1: Thank you, Jessica. And thank you for building awareness for people on how to help children navigate in healthy
0: ways. Yeah. And thanks everybody for joining in on this show today. And Heidi and I always want to remind you that if you lost hope, Please lean on ours until you find your own. And God bless.
1: I'm Dr. Heidi Horsley. You have been listening to Open to Hope, the podcast. You can follow Open to Hope on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. To learn more, visit us at opentohope.com and go to Apple Podcasts
0: to subscribe. I'm Dr. Gloria Horsley. Join us again next week for another Open to Hope conversation, where we invite you to lean on our hope until you find your own.